It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, it is game week, albeit a shortened one. We've got uh, Inside Pirate Athletics coming up at the top of the hour, so I'm going to jet here in a little bit. But, Pilk, we got a big get today. Uh, I forgot I requested this. Full disclosure, I forgot that I'd sent off to ask to speak to Commissioner Resco. And uh, Chuck with the uh, league emailed me this morning and said, hey, I've got the, the – the uh, the commissioner ready for you today. What time? And so we said, well, we'll do it during the show. So uh, Commissioner Mike Oresco coming up as the Pirates. How about this, Pilk? Fifth in the preseason poll for ECU basketball. Second for the men, or the women's basketball team. Today, McNeil, the player of the year uh, preseason. Uh, also, uh, R.J. Felton, second team all-conference preseason. And then uh, Maya Joyner was a first team selection for the women preseason that's huge yeah this is big a lot different than it was a year ago that's for sure <laughs> and hey, with that, what a pleasant surprise you do something good and you forget and then it's like a plus it's like finding a 20 dollar yeah. bill in your old pair of pants yeah. you forgot you com- uh, requested the commissioner i haven't done that in a while i don't carry cash so that's uh we'll have a houston huddle effect we're going to get to that in a matter of minutes here uh pilk you went to the roval this weekend is that right yep yes i did you know it's a good race my thing is this, though, and, and do you have that coming up in the update, by the way? Or? Yeah, I do. I mean, you know who they are, but it's a virtual who's that of drivers. There's no, for my money, name that's going to bring in the casual fan over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, no Kyle Bush and uh, no uh, Chase Elliott. I guess Denny Hamlin would be the only guy. And I mean, that's that a, would, just because he's embraced full heel in wrestling terms. Well, that's good. But I mean, that's even that is like a. Uh, that's a bit of a stretch. I mean, within the the deal there, but we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. We got the commissioner on standby. We're going to connect with him in a minute. But right now, we're going to jump uh, to the Houston huddle today. Everything's been kind of moved up a day this week, so this is Tuesday in the Pirates preps for their Thursday night game against SMU. So uh, we're standing by with the Houston huddle. We're going to play that for you. Of course, we'll have comments from Coach Houston, uh, Deontay Johnson, and Dustin. Uh, Hall. Hall. I wanted to say Hill. I know a Dustin Hill. Dustin Hall will be there with us uh, tonight uh, at Tiebreakers, which I'm going to head over there after the interview with the Resco. But right now, the Houston Huddle, it's brought to you by HealthWise Pharmacy. HealthWise, a full-service pharmacy, serving all of your health care needs, including retail prescriptions, medications, durable medical equipment, in-home infusions, as well as infusions in their infusion suite, which is located at 615B South Memorial Drive in Greenville. Here is today's... Houston Huddle. How are you guys? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks for being on with us. I know it's kind of a short week for you getting ready for Houston. I mean, for uh, SMU. And uh, uh, I know you were excited to be on national television on Thursday night. What's the uh, what's the schedule been like for the guys uh, this week? And um, and kind of give us a little feel for where, where you feel like things are right now. Well, you know, it's uh, with a Thursday night game, you just got to kind of reset yourself. So, uh, yesterday was Tuesday for us, uh, and so we did all the things you do on a Tuesday practice day, and then today's Wednesday, and so, you know, just kind of getting the kids you know, mentally set for that. It did help having a bye last week, so that way you could have a full week of practice, and 
the kids are excited. I mean, uh, you know, a chance to play on Thursday night on national TV and, you know, got a great team coming in here. You know, of course, we're back at home, which that's the most exciting thing is just being back in front of our home fans and uh, the students and, uh, and Daddy Ficklin Stadium. So uh, the kids are excited about it. The uh, SMU comes in with a 3-2 and two record. Of course, there are two losses were to Oklahoma and TCU. They got wins over Charlotte, Prairie View, and uh, Louisiana Tech. So I, I don't know what to expect from this team. What do you see? Well, very talented. Uh, you know, both sides of the ball. Um, you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of transfers, uh, a lot of, you know, power five guys. Uh, the quarterback is a dual threat guy, Preston Stone. Uh, First-year starter. Uh, but has been there for a couple of years with Coach Lashley, uh, and he, you know he can hurt you with his legs. Uh, does a good job running the offense and, and and distributing the ball in the passing game. Uh, but you know it's they they've scored you know big in their wins, and then uh, you know of course against the two uh, two teams they lost to, they were facing uh, you know a little bit more talent right there. And so um, it's it's a very good football team. Uh, be a tremendous challenge, but uh, we're really excited about the matchup. Coach Houston uh, joining us here, Houston Huddle, on a Monday. And, uh, Coach, as far as what uh, the team did last week, you said it was uh, obviously a lot of uh, beginning to install and and scout SMU, but also some uh, self-scouting as well. So could you just maybe take us through what the uh, last week plus has been like during the open week? Well, we we practiced uh, three days last week, went uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, and then, uh, you know, kind of kind of broke it down into segments of things we really wanted to work on. So, you know, we worked some some middle of the field first and second down stuff, and you know, certain phases of the kicking game uh, one day, and then another day we'd work, uh, you know, red zone, goal line, short yardage, uh, some other special situations, and so uh, we were able to, you know, get a base install for SMU. But the big the big thing we got achieved last week was really kind of sharpening in what we are doing. Uh, and then uh, came back and uh, started back with game game prep for uh, a full week of SMU on Saturday morning. Coach, do you feel like uh, that this was beneficial from the standpoint of being able to maybe hone in on some things that uh, have been successful that could use some sharpening, and then and then maybe sort of reevaluating some things uh, that had not gone as well as you had hoped? Well, I, th- I think the bye week is always uh, a, a great time to take a look at what you're doing and. Uh, how you can do it better and, and evaluate things that you might need to add or delete. Uh, it's, a, it's a great opportunity to, you know, get some guys healed up uh, that are dealing with some bumps and bruises. Um, and it's a, it's a great opportunity to take a good look at, uh, at some of your young guys that, uh, you know, maybe aren't playing just yet but will one day. So, uh, you know, we took, a, took an opportunity to do all those things. Mike Houston with us here. It's our Houston Huddle here on Monday. ECU takes on SMU on national television in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. It's a blackout night coming up on uh, Thursday night. The students will probably be excited about night at the Boneyard. They always enjoy that. That's a fun thing. But, Coach, you know, so much has been made of the quarterback situation. You know, I went back. Look, I don't. I go back and watch the game uh, every time, and just uh, since it's available now on ESPN Plus, you can go back and watch it. I always go. I, I don't certainly don't watch it like a like coaches watch film, but I was watching Alex Flynn, and you know, I just tell you, I, you know, so much has been talked about with the quarterback situation. Alex Flynn, he wasn't perfect, but man, I thought he had a great game against Rice. He made some passes 
downfield that we hadn't seen that uh, pass to Hatfield in that first drive in the uh, in the second half and then the other pass in the corner of the end zone went right through the receiver's hand should have been a touchdown so you know the receivers aren't helping him out a lot of times and I think that you know that's been pretty obvious that we've had too many drops and then you know you get down and don't score you don't get that touchdown on the pass that goes through the receiver's hands. You don't score when you 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 get down inside the red zone and um, and and go for it on fourth down. But you know a play here, a play there would have made a huge difference in that ball game. I mean, it looks to me like Alex Flynn, just you know from a fan standpoint, I don't I don't watch him like a coach, but he looks to me like he's developing into a pretty good quarterback. Well, you know, Alex, the best thing about him is, is he's the same guy every day, and. Uh, and, and I say that from a standpoint of, you know, in ball games, he he doesn't get too rattled, uh, he doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low, uh, stays very composed. Um, and he did do a lot of good things, you know, a couple of weeks down there in Houston. And you know, all those things you mentioned, you know, those are the things we've got to do in order to close these games out. And and you're right. I mean, a play here, a play there, and you, know, you could be looking at a completely different season to this point. But you know, we've got to focus on. You know everything moving forward, and uh, and and certainly I feel like we have, you know, two guys that are working very very hard at the quarterback position to improve, uh, and they are you know committed to our team and whatever they can do on game day to uh, to help the Pirates win. So uh, you know they've had really solid uh, you know practices over the last week, and uh, and they'll be ready to go on Thursday night. You've had some close losses, App State. Uh, you know, you had chances to win App State, Marshall, Rice. You've lost those games. And, and now the kids, uh, you know, 18 to 22-year-old kids, you, you, you worry about kind of where their head is. What, what do you see? Well, you know, they, they've stayed very positive. And, uh, you know, the thing is they, they handle it probably better than we do, you know, as coaches. So, uh, you know, they're – come out and they they practice hard and they have great energy and and that's the biggest thing and and you you just you just want to see them have some success and gain some confidence because we are so close and uh you know you 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 want to make those plays and those clutch moments but you can't go out there and do it for them they've got to they've got to go through experiences and and learn how to make those plays and uh you know that's like you know brock i told brock after the rice game i was like you'll get that opportunity again because I've seen you make that play in practice time after time after time. Uh, and he does have great hands and he will make that play the next time. And it's, uh, but it's, it's, it's tough when you're in the middle of it, but the kids have stayed pretty positive. Coach Mike Houston joining us, uh, here as uh, he does weekly while in season when the pirates are playing games, you see you hosting SMU at seven 30 on Thursday from uh, Dowdy Ficklin stadium. We'll have coverage starting at three in the afternoon uh, Thursday from out at the uh, stadium coach as far as uh, one other thing to talk about the the open week and then a Thursday game the benefits of that is you and the coaching staff able to get out and see high school football games last Friday and then this Friday kind of in the heart of the high school football season so uh, recruiting doesn't stop it's a 24 uh, hour 365 enterprise uh, pretty much now uh, so could you maybe uh, discuss that a little bit, just where you and some of the coaches went on uh, Friday and what the plans are for uh, this weekend as far as recruiting? Well, that's, you know, that, that, that's that's the way it goes, you know, this time of the year. So yeah, our staff took off last Thursday night and 
you know, we were spread out all over, you know, the East Coast and, uh, you know, all throughout, uh, you know, kind of the South. And uh, yeah, we had guys literally rolling back in here 45 minutes before practice started on Saturday, you know, with, with flights from various uh, destinations. And so uh, it was good. You know, we were able to get out and see a bunch of our committed kids. And then uh, we'll all head out uh, the same thing, you know, right after the game Thursday night, we'll all head out and, and go see uh, another group. And so uh, it, it's good, you know, it lets you get out and, and kind of, you know, interact with the high school kids and the coaches, and it kind of rejuvenates you a little bit, you know, this time of the year. So uh, it was very, very positive last week and excited to see some more of our guys play this week. One thing about the team uh, in the here and now is the defense uh, has been really, really good. I, I've had other coaches when talking about the Pirates talk about how really good of a defensive football team East Carolina is. What has, uh, in your opinion, through the first handful of games led to the the defense's successes again not perfect but but on the whole the defense is really keeping teams uh in these games well i think it's it's the experience and that's uh that's the thing is you know back in 2020 during the pandemic uh you know we kind of bit the bullet and, and played a bunch of freshmen on defense and uh you know those kids now they've been they've been playing for three years and so they're you know they're pretty battle tested and uh so you know your fronts and and linebackers and you know those guys have played a lot of ball and that 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 experience allows them to you know play at a high level they know what they're doing uh they don't get rattled in the in the games and uh you know it just uh there's there's no substitute for it and i I love the way they play we're a very physical bunch they play with a lot of energy uh and you know that that energy is what we need you know everybody feeds off of each other and that's when we're playing our best is when we're playing with a lot of that, a lot of that intensity and enthusiasm. I'm not going to put words in Coach Houston's mouth here, but uh, imagine that playing young guys who got experience and now they're playing well. It's a it's a heck of a concept, <laughs> and that's kind of what we're seeing on offense right now. But I, I, I digress. I'm not going to. I don't want to make any hashtags uh, this morning, Big Ken. <laughs> you had to take that shot, didn't you? <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I had to. Coach, do you uh, do you like the Thursday night game? I know it throws your, you know, having these Thursday night games kind of throws the um, the biorhythms off and kind of screws up your your scheduling and that kind of thing. But it's better than what we used to have to deal with, where the ESPN would make us play on a Tuesday night every now. And then. So, do you like this? <laughs> do you like this Thursday night national TV opportunity? Well, I think it's good every once in a while. I think it's I think it's great exposure for the program and the university. You know, Thursday night, you know, everybody in the country will will be be you know viewing East Carolina University and Daddy Ficklin Stadium, and so I think that's a great opportunity for uh, for everybody. Um, you know, I, I don't want to play all of them on Thursday night, but uh, you know, every once in a while like this, and and really with the with the bye week, it's really kind of ideal. Uh, it'll give us a couple of extra days also going into the next game, so. Uh, uh, I think the way it worked out this year, it's good. By the way, how are you holding up? Uh, you know, I know that there's a lot of pressure on you, and you've been uh, you spoke to this at the press conference last week, um, and it's got losing is tough. So, uh, how how are things going for you and the coaches? We're blessed. I'm just telling you, it's um, you know every day I get to be around these kids and 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 be here doing this. Uh, I just I consider myself fortunate, and yeah, it's. 
it ain't a whole lot of fun when you're when you're not winning them. And uh, we've been fortunate uh, the vast majority of our career to, to to not have to go through this very often. And uh, but uh, the one thing you got to do is you got to take a step back and and be thankful for all the blessings you have in your life. And uh, you know we're we're fortunate to be able to do this for a living. And uh, I know this afternoon when I get on the field with those players. Uh, that'll be the the highlight of my day, just being around them. Because I'm telling you, you walk in the team room and they energize you. So uh, it's uh, it, it's not what we want to be right now, win loss wise. Uh, but uh, I love what I do for a living, and I love this group of kids. And so uh, I, I could not ask for much more. Well, I'll tell you, I see the progress. Uh, I know it's been a tough start for you, and um, I, I know that's not a lot of fun. And you have a lot of people taking shots at you that, uh, that don't do anything but take shots and help the program in any other way. So uh, don't worry about that. Just keep on doing what you're doing. And, uh, again, I see the progress. I think you guys are getting better, and it's going to pay dividends. So I appreciate the hard work you're putting into our well, program. I appreciate that. And you know, we'll, we'll be ready to go Thursday night. It'll be an exciting night in Daddy Ficklin Stadium. So can't wait to see everybody there. All right, Mike Houston. Thank you, Coach. Thanks a lot. All right, we are wrapping up uh, the Houston Huddle for today. It's brought to you by HealthWise Pharmacy. We'll talk to Coach Houston later on tonight inside Pirate Athletics from Tiebreakers right here on 94.3 The Game. But next Tuesday, we'll return to our normal schedule. All right, uh, and for all the ladies, Jason Holder tomorrow. All That's right. the important That's thing. the important thing. You're right, Bill. All right, uh, important guests coming up next. Looking forward to having the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference Mike Oresco with us on the other side. Right now joining us from Media Days for AAC Basketball is the Commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, Mike Oresco. It's great to have him back with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Commissioner, how are you? Oh, very well, thanks, Patrick. Great to be with you, and thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, it's a nice uh, nice event here today, uh, Basketball Media Day, and it's nice to get basketball going pretty soon you know it takes our mind off all the other nonsense going on realignment and everything else right? well i'm going to ask you some about that but let's start with uh basketball obviously a lot of excitement in pirate nation the women pick second preseason player of the year with danae mcneil but i i tell you this i think a lot of pirate fans are excited about a top five finish potentially or at least picked in the preseason and i know it's preseason but to have an ecu team pick that high in the standings it might be unprecedented and to have R.J. Felton as a second-team selection preseason, uh, pretty good stuff, too. So there is a lot of excitement around Pirate basketball, Coach. I wanted to let you know that. Yeah, no, there is. And then you've got, you know, R.J., that, that, that's, you know, he's, he's going to be terrific. But you've got a great coach there. I mean, Mike has done a really nice job. And uh, it's not an easy place, as you know. not an easy place to recruit and to win. You're in, you're in with you know, uh, blue bloods in the area, and it's not as easy, you know. But he's done a really, really nice job. I'm not surprised they're picked that high. He's got a nice team, and uh, they made some noise last year. So we'll, uh, we'll look forward to seeing it. And, you know, he, I, I think it's great for – you've got fans that care, and, and I know it's you, you've got kind of an SEC-type football fan base over the years. I've seen it myself. Uh, but uh, I think basketball will, uh, will uh, really – excite your fans this year in both men and women and Kim what a job she did last year I mean they they win the tournament and they were picked to, to finish last right uh that was a, an incredible accomplishment 
Co- uh, Commissioner Mike Oresco is with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Uh, with basketball, uh, I think the additions in basketball are going to prove to be quite good. UAB is a top half of the uh, league, top third uh, type of team. Uh, certainly FAU and what they have done is unprecedented. I think it's huge for the conference, for its TV package, to have such an attractive matchup as FAU and Memphis. Uh, and I think you'll see some of these other uh, places, too, uh, will uh, raise the uh, level of competition. I mean, North Texas has a grinder style, but they're very, very competitive. Uh, Charlotte, of course, is coming off a tremendous year last year. And uh, I was talking to an expert this weekend, and, and they actually liked some of the moves that Charlotte made in what was kind of a tough situation with the abrupt coaching uh, change. So there's a lot of positive uh, momentum, I have to believe, with uh, these additions in men's basketball because you are bringing some some programs with some nice tradition and some recent success. Uh, no question, uh, Patrick. Uh, people have, have uh, said, you know, uh, boy, you, you must really be uh, you're, you're a genius. All this these basketball schools coming in, being and I said, no, are you kidding me? I didn't know they were this good. <laughs> you know, I said, I, I yeah, I knew North Texas had a good program, and you know, UAB has been good. I, you know, Andy, Andy Kennedy's on a nice job there. I said, but I didn't know FAU would do this. I mean, nobody did. And, uh, you know, uh, the Charlotte would start, you know, making some noise and winning the CBI. Uh, no, uh, we, we, we kid that we're now a basketball conference, you know. And, uh, <clears throat> the truth is, Patrick, we, um, we're going to be deeper and stronger, even though we are losing Houston and, you know, what they've accomplished, obviously. Uh, and, and, you know, Cincinnati was a brand and, and a great program, great pedigree, uh, had been down for the last several years. And, you, you, you know, UCF had some good years, but it was up and down. But you're bringing in FAU with almost everybody back. I think everybody back, really, and the coach, which is critical. And uh, at that point, you know, they, they could easily go deep again into the tournament. You've got North Texas, which, which won the NIT and played UAB in the championship game. And they're both great programs. You've got you know, Charlotte on the cusp, and, and we've got, you know, think about it. I mean, Memphis is going to be Memphis. You know, Wichita hired, uh, you know, a, a terrific coach from Oral, Oral Roberts, you know, Paul Mills, and he's mm-hmm. going to do great things mm-hmm. here. And you've got a really nice team at East Carolina. You know, Ron Hunter's been doing a nice job at Tulane, go under the radar, but they'll, they'll break out. And then, you know, SMU has got a, a good young coach. They're not going to be in the league after this year, but they'll have a good year. And Tulsa, which has, you know, incredible pedigree when you think about Nolan Richardson coaching there and, uh, you know, Tubby Smith and uh, Bill South. I mean, look at the coaches they've had at Tulsa and uh, Danny Manning. Uh, so this this league, I think, is going to be deeper and better. And, and Temple, uh, Adam Fisher is going to do some nice things at Temple. You know, he's a Philadelphia guy. And uh, and also, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, Amir Ramin, Ramin you know, uh, Abdur Ramin is going to do a really nice job at uh, USF. You know, that, that I think that yeah, did a great job at Kennesaw. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think these this is. I said it at Media Day today, Patrick. I think top to bottom, this is the best group of, especially uh, in the men's side right now, the best group of men's coaches we've ever had. Top to bottom. Well, that's saying a and lot too. It is saying a lot, but I think it is. I really do. I mean, when you really look, you know, program to program to program. Yes, we've had some great coaches in this league. Let's face it; I mean, we have. But the point is, th- this is a, a really a good group, and um, I think on the women's side, we're getting better. You know, we're improving, and uh, 
that's the key. You know, we, you don't have UConn anymore. They were a mixed blessing because as great as they were, it kind of overshadowed everybody else. And it was tough for anybody to get some oxygen in the league. And, and that's changed now. I think it's open. Everybody feels they can win the championship. You still have Jose uh, and Lisa Stockton at, at, at Tulane, Jose uh, Fernandez at uh, South Florida, and they're both legendary coaches. So on the women's side, I think we're making some real progress, too. And Kim mm-hmm. has shown she can really do a great job. Um, so I'm, I'm optimistic about basketball in this league. I think we're going to be pretty good. We, our goal, Patrick, is to be a multi-bid league every year, but not just multi-bid. I don't mean two. I mean three, four, five right, right. You know, most years, especially now with a 14-team league. We're talking to Commissioner Mike Oresco from the American. He's at uh, American Media Days uh, this week for uh, ECU basketball. Uh, Commissioner, let's uh, talk a little bit about SMU, kind of conspicuous uh, by uh, their uh, their absence in the years to come. Uh, you know, I've talked to a bunch of ACC people here in recent weeks, having covered uh, some of that league's football games and uh, some other sports. And, and, you know, what's interesting to me is uh, there's a mixed reaction to what the ACC has done. Uh, but SMU leaving, was that totally unexpected, or, or did you have an anticipation just because the fact SMU had been so aggressive in trying to seek a, a different home for their sports? Yeah, good question. You know, we knew we knew they, were, they had their eyes on the Pac-12, right, and the Pac-12 probably had their eyes on them. When that fell through and the Pac-12 essentially uh, disappeared as a conference in the future, uh, no, we weren't really thinking that SMU would be going anywhere else. Uh, and then all of a sudden I started hearing rumors. I got calls from people in the media saying, you know, I think the uh, the ACC may be targeting some of your schools. And I said, really? It doesn't seem like, uh, you know, <clears throat> it, would, it would make sense necessarily. But uh, sure enough, next thing you know, uh, SMU's in the mix. And once I started hearing the rumors, I thought, well, there must be some substance to it. And, uh, and, and you know, again, uh, SMU has been a great program for us. You know, they've, they've had some great success in basketball, as you know, with Larry Brown. Uh, you know, and not just, you know, it, it, they, they invested. You know, they, they rebuilt their arena. It's really a nice place. Tim did a nice job, Tim Jankovic. Uh, and now they've got, you know, uh, a really good coach. Um you know, Eric Conk will do a very nice job there. So it's going to be a, a good uh, a good program going forward. In football, as you know, they, they, they hired Sonny and he turned the program around. They're a good football program. They're renovating their stadium. Uh, they'll, they'll be a good addition to the, to the ACC. We hate to see them go because they've been great uh, for the league. And Gerald Turner, their president, has been really uh, one of the great foundational members of the conference. He and I have worked closely together for years. He's a great, great individual. Uh, legendary president. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably one of the longest tenured presidents, in, in, you know, in the NCAA. And uh, I'm going to miss him because he, he's been our chair at various times. He was our representative on the uh, football selection, excuse me, the uh, CFP uh, management mm-hmm. group committee. Mm-hmm. He's He's been involved in everything. Uh, he's even taken on vice chair for a while to help us out. And I just can't say enough good things about him. So, you know, when this happens, uh, Patrick, you you wish the team well and the school well, and you move on. You know, yeah. you don't take it personally because right. you right. understand what's going on. And it's, I guess, it's better to be a victim of of your own success than a failure, right? So, uh, <laughs> at this point, you know, we've been kind of the victims of our own success. We've had four That's teams. That's a great line, now, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've been we've been uh, really terrific. Yeah. Uh, 
conference. And I think, Patrick, this proves what I've been saying all along. We were a legitimate P6 in terms of the competitiveness of this conference. A third of our conference is now in the so-called P5 now by signing a piece of paper. Yeah, that's true. And, and that just shows you what's going on. And UConn wins a national championship uh, in the Big East, and they won one in our conference. So this conference always was playing at the highest level. I just don't think we've gotten credit for it. Mike Oresco's with us here. A uh, couple more things. Uh, this begs to ask, now you're back to 13 next year in football and in basketball after getting to that nice even number. Uh, so what happens? Will the American be aggressive in expansion uh, in the years to come? You'd, you'd rather be at 14 than 13 uh, in in both sports and, and even in, in Olympic sports, but in football, especially, you don't want to have a bunch of buys in November and teams getting a certain right, advantage, having right. buys and others don't. You'd rather have a 14 team, you know, schedule. Uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because um, at this point we, um, we, we, uh, you know, we were pretty stable at, at 14 when we brought the six in, did not anticipate, you know, SMU heading out after the Pac-12 thing fell apart. But now that they have, you know, we, uh, we've had interest from other teams. We haven't been, you know, uh, I don't know what the proper word is, but we, we haven't gone after teams. They've called us. And, you know, right. people, right. even the Mountain West, those teams, a lot of those teams called us and said, we're interested in your conference. And you know, so we explored it. And they acted as though we, we went after them and didn't get them. That wasn't the case. Well, Commissioner, but let me ask you, is, could this number be bigger than four? I mean, would you might take on more than just one? Is there a possibility of taking on multiple teams? Possibly? Probably not, Patrick. And okay. here's the reason. You know, you gotta you got to finance this. And at some point, you know, ESPN does not. And I, and I repeat this. They do not get involved in this, except once you do it, you then have to go to them and, and see what, what financial support you can get. Right. And at some point, it just isn't going to necessarily make sense financially to, to add teams. Uh, clearly, as you know, we've had some conversations with Army, and that's been public. Right. And, uh, those are ongoing, and I don't, I don't know what the outcome's ultimately going to be. But Army is a great, you know, obviously national brand, obviously uh, a service academy like our Army, uh, you know, would be a great addition to the league. Uh, we don't know in the end. We have some things we'd have to work through, and we don't know ultimately what they're going to decide. But we, you know, there's been a bunch of other schools that have called us, and you know, at some point though, you you're kind of running out of schools that can invest at the level we want. That's true. Yeah, very true. I mean, one thing, Patrick. You know, the six we took, I think they're going to be fine eventually. Uh, I think some of them are struggling a little bit now, but they're going to they're going to really make a contribution. Because one, I mean, Rice has got a, one of the biggest endowments in, in the country, and uh, they're starting to to spend, and they're going to ramp it up. They they really are investing, and they've got a president, you know, uh, Reggie DeRoche, who was a faculty athletic rep at Georgia Tech and at the ACC, and and really wants to win. And I think that they're, they're I, I had dinner with their board chair on Friday, along with Tommy McClellan, their new AD, and they want to win. Mm-hmm. And so you've got the ability being in use sources they have to do right. that. Same thing with North Texas, big school. Same thing with UAB in Birmingham with a brand yeah. new stadium and it's a hotbed. Same thing with Charlotte, you know, because of where they are, as you know. And you know Charlotte, they're in your neighborhood. Sure. And you know they're, they're a banking center and they can invest. Same thing with FAU. The people in Miami are excited now. But you've got donors 
and you've got a, a base that, that you just don't have in a lot of places. Right. So I think we've taken schools that can, and, and UTSA, what, what a revelation. I mean, when they, you should see what they're doing in, in, in uh, San Antonio and, and the support they have in that community and, and the facilities already, which are fantastic. Yeah, they have a nice campus uh, and, no. and pretty nice facilities. Yeah. So I, I don't want to, do. I'm going to try to pin you down a little bit here. Would you be willing to take an Army and go basketball only, or is it just cleaner and easier to get somebody who can come on and be a part of what you want to do at uh, both the, the, the basketball and the football level instead of just a football-only member to, to kick things off, for example? No, I think I think because it's Army, I think a football-only member would be totally fine. You know, we don't want too many. You know, we don't want to become a hybrid conference like the old Big East was. It causes you some problems. But to have just one or two that play one sport or, or play basketball and Olympic sports, like we have Wichita State, right? That's worked out very well for us as, as a basketball-only, and they also play Olympic sports. With Army, if they were just like Navy, uh, having just two like that and having the two service academies, That'd be great for the conference, and I don't think it'd be a problem at all. Uh, or if, if Army decides ultimately not to join or we just can't work it out, uh, ultimately then uh, you, you would go after probably a school that played all sports, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody left is really in all sports. Right, we're not, correct. We're not looking to go out west and get somebody to play football only and have them join another conference. You know, that's not our goal. Uh, so we'll see. And the, the good thing about Army is has been that you can talk about it without, you know, we're not invading anybody's privacy, right, right. Uh, you know, it, but you can talk about it because they're not a member of a conference, right? Correct. It, it's really sensitive when somebody's a member of a conference and an army, they're an independent, so they can do what they want ultimately. And we'll see. Well, last thing for you on this, does geography factor into any of this? Oh yeah. Big time. Absolutely. In fact, we had real interest in Washington state, Oregon state. We thought we were a great fit for them. Because we have three AAU schools, we have right. Navy, we have, you know, we have, we think the best conference next to the, to the five and now four. And, you know, look at our success, look at the kind of schools we have. And we, we weren't strictly an East Coast conference, as you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the more we looked at it, uh, Patrick, we thought, you know, for Olympic sports, you're going to have, because they, they were going to be all sport members. Right. right? You're going to have, you're going to have 20, 22 hour, you know, uh, trips where they got to connect at different airports you know we can't do chartering for a lot of those sports we don't have the kind of resources that ucla and usc are going to have going into the big 10 or even washington and uh, oregon we don't have that and so consequently to put our volleyball our softball our baseball be soccer teams yeah. yeah we just said you just can't do it and we thought a lot about it and we thought about ways we could do it and you know there was some mutual interest but we finally said look it's better to pull the plug and not not lead anyone down the primrose path. And I'm not sure in the end, Patrick, that they wanted to come because, you know, they would have done the bulk of that travel every right, every game. Right. And, and by the way, Stanford Cal is going to have to do that now, uh, go two, three, four thousand miles every trip, uh, and they, you know, they've got resources. I suppose those two schools that, that some of ours don't necessarily have. True. Yeah. But that's going to be a real, you know, it's going to be a real issue for them without question. And uh, we just felt it was a bridge too far, as I put it. And um, but we did have interest in them. So geography does matter. Now, does it matter as much as it once did? No. And I, I think we crossed the Rubicon there with USC UCLA because right. prior to that, most conferences still had 
a regional look in the sense that the Big Ten took contiguous states, the SEC took contiguous states, and, and you could defend Greg Sankey and the SEC very easily with uh, Oklahoma, Texas, because those are two states that are right in the SEC wheelhouse. They have the same football culture as the SEC. They're very similar states. They attach, you know, they're, they're right, right there, they're right. contiguous states. And the same thing with some of the Big Ten acquisitions prior to, uh, you know, USC, UCLA, and, and, and the ACC took teams up and down the, uh, the East Coast. But once you, you did that, I guess all bets were off. And now, you got all these West Coast schools either going to the Big Ten to the Big Twelve. Look at the Big Twelve map now. Oh, it's, got, yeah, it's you know, really Florida. crazy. Well, <laughs> yeah, well West Virginia, so Cincinnati, BYU. Yeah. yeah, it's it's tough on on UCF. But as an ECU guy, I'm not crying any tears for them. Last thing again, I I, I lied to you. Last thing on this, and then we we got to go. And I appreciate your time, Commissioner Resco. It's always great to talk to you. And this will have to be a, one of those to be continued conversations because uh, there's just so much going on, and it changes every time we talk to you. But uh, you think East Coast? If you had your druthers, is it more of a Central time zone? What do you, in, in a perfect scenario, what would you like to have uh, as as you know a member as far as where they are proximity wise to everyone else? Yeah, there there are. You know, we said we're not going west, but what that really meant was far west, right? There's some right, teams yeah. that, that are that are nearby that are in states that are not far from us. Uh, I mean, look, we have Oklahoma and, and we have Wichita and Kansas for basketball. Uh, we, we tend to look east and southeast more. That's where our wheelhouse yeah. is. That's where we have a lot of teams. You know, we have strong presence in Texas. You know, we like to have presences in um, presence in really states that really care about football because football drives so much of this, as you know. It's great to have good basketball, and I'm pleased that we do. But the point is, you really, you know, we're in Florida, we're in, we're in Alabama, and we're in Texas, we're in Oklahoma, we're in Pennsylvania, we're in places that really matter. And also, our, our footprint is like a you know a half moon now, right? It goes up uh, to Texas, up <laughs> right. toward toward the northeast. But we don't we're not you know Temple and Navy and East Carolina are a little little bit of outliers, but not much. I mean, it's not that bad in terms of travel. It's pretty good, relatively speaking. And that's so our goal would be to stay in there in that region. Okay. And Army certainly fits the bill, being you know just above New York City. Also, you know, Army Army gets a lot of great publicity in New York City too. As a they do as a uh, you know a New York market team, people forget. That. I used to do the Army Navy game at CBS, and they really are a New York uh, market team. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, that's where we'd like to be. I think somewhere that uh, geographically makes some sense for us. We're stopping it for now, but Commissioner, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for your time. Uh, Patrick, always a great you know great to be with you. I really appreciate all the great questions and uh, you know. Uh, Good luck to you and your listeners, and uh, look forward to being on with you again at some point down the road if you'll have me. Thank you. That's Commissioner Mike Oresco, Philip the Ref Pilkington with a 94-3 The Game Sports Update, and then Philip will have the Pirate Report, which will include some comments from football press conference today and also from AAC Basketball Media Day. Philip Pilkington here with your 94-3 The Game Sports Flash Update and Pirate Report. The American Athletic Conference preseason basketball polls came out earlier today. The men's team is projected to finish fifth in the league, whereas the women's team came in second behind only South Florida in the preseason voting after receiving four first-place votes. On the men's side, R.J. Felton was named to the preseason all-conference second team. And on the women's side, Maya Joyner and Danae McNeil were named to the all-conference first team, with McNeil being named the preseason player of the year. She was asked about that on Media Day. Um, it feels great. I'm just so grateful that I've been put in that position. And I, honestly, I owe it all to my teammates. Mm-hmm. Um, they just 
they're amazing. They get me the ball, and they're, they're just great. I, owe it, I really owe it to them. Two Pirate soccer players were named to the conference honor roll for the past week. Those players were Jasmine Ferguson and Lucy Fazakurli. The soccer team had the weekend off after their 4-0 victory over Temple last Thursday. They will host number 10 Memphis this Wednesday at 7 p.m. Remember, matches all season long are free admission. Volleyball picked up a pair of victories over the weekend by sweeping Tulane and defeating North Texas in four sets. The ladies are now 14-4, which is a program record through 18 games. The Carolina Panthers fell to 0-5 yesterday with a 42-24 loss to the Lions. Pirates guard Chandler... Zavala was released from the hospital and traveled home with the team after he suffered a neck injury in the first quarter that caused him to be carted off the field. The round of eight is set in the NASCAR playoffs after yesterday's round of 12 finale at the Charlotte Roval. A.J. Allmendinger took home his third career win. The Dinger was not part of NASCAR's playoffs, so no advancement for him. However, the drivers that did advance are William Byron, Martin Truex Jr., Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, Chris Buescher, Christopher Bell, Ryan Blaney, and Tyler Reddick. The drivers that were eliminated from playoff contention yesterday are Brad Kenzlowski, Ross Chastain, Kyle Rowdy Bush, and Bubba Wallace. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Flash update. Stick through us with... Stick with us through this timeout. After this, there will be more of the Patrick Johnson Show. Welcome back in here to the Monday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Patrick is on his way over to tiebreakers as we speak for the coaches show with him, Stephen Igo, and Coach Houston, as well as a couple of pirate players will be joining them tonight. So be sure to stay tuned in right here to 94.3 The Game for that uh, coach's show with Coach Houston, Patrick, and Stephen Igo. Pirate basketball is right around the corner. Men's basketball will get started on November 6th as they host Ferrum. Women's basketball will get started on the same day as they travel to Elon. We've brought you a pirate report a lot this year, but we have not brought you a basketball pirate report in a long time. So here we go for the first time of the 2023-2024 school year, we have today's pirate report for basketball. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Today was AAC Basketball Media Days, and uh, all the coaches spoke, both men's and women's. Also from the Pirates, the AAC Preseason Player of the Year, Danae McNeil, spoke. So we are going to hear comments from Coach McNeil, Coach Schwartz, as well as Danae McNeil. And we're going to start with Coach Kim McNeil, and she talks about the memories their team shared last season. Um, Just a lot of pride. You know, and what we've been able to accomplish with this program in the last four years, um, just making Greenville happy, just making, you know, Pirate Nation proud, making women's basketball, you know, in Greenville relevant. And going on to our next soundbite here, uh, Coach McNeil talks about how she got the ladies to believe in themselves. We're not quite there yet, um, but I do think they have a little bit more confidence in themselves, knowing that you know we belong in this league and we can compete in this league. And it's been really fun in practice and just all the talent that we have coming back and all the new guys we've got as well. 
And then Coach went on to talk about the strength of the American Athletic Conference. You know, there are a lot of great coaches in this league. Yeah. A lot of great coaches, a lot of great players. And as we, as I always say, I don't think we get enough credit for how good we are as a basketball league, you know. And we just want to continue to put this league on a national stage, you know, trying to get as many teams as we can in the NCAA tournament. And not only yeah. getting there, but winning some games. You know, we, we want to win some games in the tournament. The Pirates are returning pretty much everyone from a year ago. They do have a couple of additions, which is always great. And Coach McNeil talks about the balance of talent on her roster. Yeah, this is the deepest team we've had since I've been at East Carolina. And that's a coach's dream, Yeah, you know, to be able to sub kids in and not lose anything. And, you know, it's up to myself and my coaching staff to figure it all out. You know, how, how do we, you know, as you said, we have five all our returning starters, but we've also got, you know, some kids, some freshmen and some transfers that are going to be able to do a lot of good things for us. The women's basketball team was solid a year ago, but of course they were not perfect. No team very rarely is perfect. I guess the only way you can be perfect is you end up with a perfect record. And uh, we're going to switch over now to the preseason conference player of the year, Danae McDeal, who talked about improving on those weaknesses communicating constantly um, in practice our coaches constantly making sure that we're talking about every little thing and when we are together and we're communicating that's when that's when we're great as a team and we mentioned the pirates bringing in a few new players Danae McNeil talks about that and how it makes for a more dynamic roster um, of course, with winning the championship last year, we kind of just want them to feel welcome and to just buy into the culture, um, knowing that nothing's going to be easy and that we have to work for everything we want. And continuing here with Danae McNeil on the Friday edition of, or the Monday edition, excuse me, of our Pirates Report. She talked about the motivation after the preseason awards. Um, just knowing that um, we're not done. Um, there's still a lot that we have to work for, a lot that we have to prove, and we don't have. We just have to prove it all to ourselves. Just continue to work. Yeah, it's a lot different this year for the basketball team than a year ago. They were picked to finish last last year in the conference, and that was a lot of the motivation that Coach Kim McNeil used. However, this year with that second place uh, preseason pick and four first place votes, and Danae McNeil being named the preseason player of the year, with her and Amaya Joyner being named to the preseason first team all conference um you know that they're gonna have to find i guess different motivation because their motivation like I said was the fact that everyone doubted them now no one's doubting them. there's only gonna be a handful of games most likely that they're going to be underdogs they play south florida of course they play south carolina who is just historically a phenomenal program here of recent and uh, other than that you would expect the pirates to be favored in most of their games. Danae McNeil was then talk, asked about her future and preparing for the possibility of going to the WNBA. Um, just having a different mindset. Um, watching Kobe play, uh, Maya Moore, Tarazi, they all have a completely different mindset. Like the competitiveness is just through the roof. <laughs> And uh, that will do it for our Pirate Report here and the Monday edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. We're going to take a quick timeout and we're going to toss it over to the ECU Coaches Show with our guys Patrick Johnson and Stephen Igo as well as the head coach of the Pirates, Mike Houston. Thank you to Mike Oresco. Thank you to everyone in the American Athletic Conference that made Media Day possible. Thanks to Patrick Johnson and thanks to you for tuning in. I'm Philip Pilkington. Have a great rest of your evening, Pirate Nation.